This is a Your Farm Business Podcast with Mike Prousey of P2P Agri. Welcome to our first Your Farm Business Podcast, sharing the best in farm business ideas through connecting with experts in their field. My guest is Tony Hudson, owner and manager of Hudson Facilitation. Tony is very experienced in successfully helping farmers with their farm business management questions, like getting the best from their bank through to farm family succession planning. Tony is one of Australia's leading educators in farm business management, having nine years as director of farm business management at Marcus Oldham College. He also understands banks, being a rural banker with NAB earlier in his career. He has been running his successful consulting practice, Hudson Facilitation, for the last 10 years. To find out more about Hudson Facilitation Services, go to the link in the transcript below. So we're going to pose a few questions to Tony today, and I've given him what are the five major challenges he sees farmers having to face today? Tony, there's some big questions. How do you want to start that one? Yeah, Mike, it, it was a fair bit to think about, to be honest with you. I think the, the first one that we really see stretching farming, farming families is the issue of succession planning. Um, and there's a range of reasons why that's the case. We're seeing, you know, that there are fewer farmers, typically with um, a greater level of assets, and a more uh, more of a need, I suppose, to really consider the off-farm siblings are shimming their ass on. And so, the sort of challenge, if, if you've got, let's say, there's a family with two or three or four kids, if none of them want to go farming, it's relatively simple. If one does, it can be challenging. If two or three do, it's really, really hard to create enough farming assets to divide that, that there can be three viable business spinning out of it. And if not three viable businesses, one business to provide for three families creates its own challenges. And so we're really seeing that succession planning piece as, as a major challenge. I think also we've seen we'll talk more about it later but these rising land values the expectations of non-farm kids have probably increased as they see the value of assets which may be transferred to the um the next generation who choose to stay and farm the reality of any sort of asset split at those sort of land values make it very very difficult that that debt could actually be repaid if there had to be a buyout of uh, of non-farming siblings in a succession planning scenario Wow. So look, that brings probably the next challenge is the land values that we've been experiencing, not just Victoria, it's Australia-wide, and it's been for a long time. Now, I suspect that's a silver lining. There could be a good and a bad side of that. What's your take? Well, it's an interesting one, Mike. You see, the land's becoming increasingly valuable, and we've seen a real increase in the last couple of years on that. At the same time, it's not becoming more productive. It's the same land in the same place. Um, the evidence I'm seeing is that the really, really good farmers' productivity improvements are probably keeping pace. Certainly low interest rates are helping make them, you know, certainly covering their costs of production and, and what have you, and generating a surplus off their existing holdings. If they choose to buy more land, they will be okay. The challenge that's coming with it is, um, a lot of farmers looking at it going, I'm not sure I can justify paying land at that price, buying land at that price and making it profitable. Now, some of that's uh, psychology. It's just they're, they're big numbers and they're hard mm. to get your head around. Mm. Other, other times, it's 
it's purely economic. You sit down, you do the numbers and say, wow, if you don't produce a surplus from what you've already got, it's going to be difficult to buy that, uh, that land at that price. But the counter punch to that has been an incredible creation of balance sheet wealth across the country with these increasing land values. Wealthier businesses with better equity are perceived to be less risk. Mm-hmm. It's created opportunities to renegotiate the secured position with your bank and perhaps to garner a better interest rate. But as I say, it, it doesn't, it hasn't magically made the land more productive. So that's that's the challenge. We're seeing some of the bigger businesses be in a position to accept that risk and grab it. And perhaps it's made life a bit harder for some of those with smaller land holdings. We're so really we're, yeah, I think we're moving into having bigger holdings and, and the smaller people can't keep up. So we potentially are heading down to less farmers farming greater land and uh, the challenge for managing that. Tony, what's your number three on that list? Uh, probably just managing the vagaries of uncertainty and whether that be climatic uncertainty, whether it be commodity price, market uncertainty, whether that be managing disease and those sorts of things. We look at the mouse plague now. Uh, it's creating a real challenge. Mm. So what's the best way of handling that uncertainty? Or is that managing that uncertainty because we've got really good balance sheets and we could go back to the bank and borrow, that's our safety net, if you like. Yes and no. I would certainly with the clients I deal with, the guys who are doing a really, really good job of it are managing that uncertainty and understanding that at the core of what they do is production. You know, commodity price risk is actually nowhere near as important to the business as that production risk. If you can generate a yield, you'll you'll be okay more years than not. And so what we're seeing is the capacity to continue to produce Mm -hmm. and thereby create revenue streams. And I'm just saying the good farmers are just getting so good at managing that moisture, converting it to saleable commodity, whether it be protein, whether it be grain or what have you. And so their focus and their skill at production is in most circumstances overcoming the uncertainty of climate and price and those sorts of things. So that that seems to be what sets the really good producers apart in my experience. Okay, so this leads us to the next challenge then is management, where the the squeeze is on improving productivity, maintaining profitability, that the challenge is to get management systems embedded into our farming businesses and maintain them and continue to improve that. Absolutely. And one of the critical parts, as I see in that process, is having a really clear business plan. Not just because it sets out what you want to try and do from a production, you know, the next four or five or six years with your farm, but at the very underpinning of the whole thing is what you want to achieve personally, as well as from a business perspective, having clarity around those goals and objectives and the plan then providing the path to achieving those goals. So, Yes, it's operational in some respects and it's considering rotation and enterprise mix and all those things. But all those things are a spin-off of what it is that you want for yourself and your family. And I I just think that it's a really critical document. One thing I will say, some of the resistance we get with going through a business planning process is to do with farmers feeling like they're going to be locked in. And it's not the case. It's a plan put together with the best information we have on any given day. I still hold very dear the notion that the very best farmers have an opportunistic mindset. They can adapt and vary that plan as they should, 
as mm. conditions change. Mm. Fantastic. Tony, is there a, has there been a challenge to farmers that have come out of the rural banking commission that we had where the banks were slated a lot with managing that, but where we thought finance might become more readily available, it probably hasn't because we've got the dot, the I's and cross the T's. Has that been more of a challenge to farming business? Look, we do a lot of work in that space, Mike, um, helping clients gain credit. And what we have seen has been a real slowdown of the, uh, you know, you used to have a, um, an auction coming up and 30-day settlement terms, very unlikely you'll get credit approved in that, in that period and perhaps you shouldn't be expecting to. You mentioned dotting the I's and crossing the T's. You could argue it's only what should have always been happening, but we're seeing a real requirement for a depth of understanding. You don't give a bank a spreadsheet anymore and say that's the cash flow. They want to know how many tonnes you're producing, what are your input costs, what's your proposed yield, what's your proposed price for the commodities. A real digging into those assumptions and making sure they stack up against you know your, your rural banker's understanding of what's actually achievable and likely to happen in your area. The other thing that's really come out of that is a disconnection between what I would call the credit decision, which is about capacity to generate cash, and the collateral decision, which is about the value of the asset. And so uh, all of the banks have had to separate those two decisions. So there's now more mm -hmm. people involved, there's potentially okay. more cost involved for the client. Mm -hmm. and that's so does that, that mean they have to pull in things like independent valuers to say, this is where the land's got to, and so the bank can then literally lend against it because there's an independent person telling them that. That's correct. And they're not all doing it independently, but they're doing it independent, so it's not completely outsourcing. Some are, some are not. Mm -hmm. But certainly the person assessing your cash flow and capacity to generate revenue is a different person for that assessing the value of the assets you provide as security. Fantastic. Tony, I think we've just about exhausted your list there, or you've got a few others. I reckon we've uh, pretty well come to the end of that, Mike. So I hope that's been of some benefit to you. Tony, this has been fantastic having you here and taking the knowledge and experience that you've gained over the last 20 or so years. And thank you so much for your contribution. And if anyone out there is listening to this and you'd like to touch base with Tony and take up some of the issues he's been talking about because he's got working with farmers, finding, try, looking for solutions to overcome these challenges, please get in touch with him. So thanks, Tony. Good having you. Thanks very much, Mike. Great to be here.